dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce and you're here for our podcast about all things AFL. Uh, we also get a little bit cheeky here with our punting as well. And Sauce, it seems like you're a bit of a drummer over there at the moment. Yeah, Pez is uh, doing a little bit of um, renovations in his house. He's got all these pots and pans underneath <laughs> the table, but... Oh, Pez, uh, there's some people banging some pots this round. I think uh, the Western Bulldog fans this week, uh, maybe they've stopped banging their pots and stopped harping on about how they're an unbeaten team and they're the only contender in this league. Well, they're not the unbe- only unbeaten team anymore, well, no. uh, them in Melbourne. So uh, got a bit of a touch-up from Richmond, but it, it didn't come easy. Uh, first half was uh, well well fought out with Richmond being very inaccurate, including Tom Lynch kicking 0-5 and then... Uh, <laughs> They came out and really gave Bulldogs a lesson in that second half. Yeah, that second half, you know, trailing by 19 points, kicking not, uh, five unanswered goals. Um, the, the Bulldogs went uh, scoreless for almost 20 minutes. So that, that was the most ridiculous stat I think I've seen in football where they didn't have a possession for 21 minutes in their forward half. Yeah. Not even just a, a tap out of the middle and a little handball and a turnover. Not one stat. Yeah, as we've sort of been saying that they hadn't really beaten anyone, they hadn't travelled anywhere. It was the their first real big test. And uh, Pez, just on, a, on, I guess, a question without notice, was it a pass or fail? Um, and they only lost by 22 points in the end. They did have um, control of the game in that first half, despite Richmond being a little bit accurate. Look, I think it's a good learning curve for them. For the Bulldogs, if you're talking about Bulldogs, it's a big pass because they competed with them in that first half. But they've actually probably learned a few things. I think Josh Shackey, I think he's still going to keep his uh, position this week, but I don't think he's in that Bulldog side when when it comes finals uh, in, the, in the forward line there. So uh, hopefully Ugo Hagen can eventually get a, get a go. And uh, you've got to give him a go before finals to see if he's made of anything and he can actually fire up that forward line a little bit. Yeah, speaking of firing up, did you hear Beveridge's comments after the game uh, about uh, the number one draft pick? Well, he's not He's not happy about hearing about it no, anymore, he's not. is he? he's not. He, and they've just debuted uh, another young bloke, which we'll speak about uh, later on in our in our preview of the Bulldogs for, for this week. They've given him his jumper. And Ugo Hagen, still nowhere to be seen. So Bevo's not going to be too happy with uh, journalists no, this week. No, the, the, the journalist last week asked if he was close and he sort of unla- um, you know unleashed on uh, the, the reporters saying... Well, he was named as an emergency. Last week he wasn't, so he's obviously closer. Like, oh, jeez, mate. A little bit, little, bit, uh, little bit rolled up there, beverage after a loss. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not too happy at all. But uh, back to the game, I think Tom Lynch, even though he missed those first five shots at goal he had, was uh, one of the best on the ground, along with Shy Bolton. Now, I thought he would play more in the midfield without the likes of Martin and Prestia, but he actually got stuck down forward in that first half and uh, it couldn't get into the game that much. Hardwick released him into the middle in that third quarter and he absolutely dominated and uh, just got them the pill and he can mark it overhead. He, he's slick around goals as well. He kicked three himself. Yeah, interesting performance uh, from him. Speaking of interesting performance, Pez, Collingwood. 
absolutely uh, mailed in uh, another loss. Uh, they they go now five and one, or sorry, one and five for for those Collingwood fans there. One and six. No, I'm not counting one of those <laughs> losses because they didn't turn up on the weekend pairs. They're at the MCG um, playing Gold Coast Suns. A lot of uh, the um, those players was their first time ever on the um, on the ground. They stuffed up their banner. I know they're saying that they um, it was a bit of a play on words from their 2018 banner against Carlton, but Pez, you'd hope you'd hope it is. Pez, it all went downhill from there, and uh, that was probably actually the highlight from the game. Well, their joke didn't actually work out if they were actually meaning to do that. I didn't tell anyone about it beforehand, and then everyone's posting it on social media that they've misspelt the word tonight yet again against the Gold Coast. But uh, uh, talking about the game, my check's probably the only one who, who showed up for Collingwood, and uh, Darcy Moore playing up forward again. Source, you know I went... Uh, Hammer and Tongs last week saying they needed a centre-half back. They had him up there, but they had him at the wrong end of the ground again, and he didn't perform. Yeah, and we're not, no one of their, uh, no one really performed for Collingwood. None of their forwards. Uh, Jordan Degoe returns to that forward line. Um, <sighs> Big talking points about Jordan Huge Degoe during point. the week. He failed to fire, finishing up with 0-1 and 16 um, possessions. Um, the defender in Darcy Moore, he also finished goalless. Um, and Brody Majacek, who's been um, gallant for them over the last couple of years, he kicked four, but other than that, not good enough to have four goals kicked by Majacek and only seven goals for the game. Who's who's going to fire and who's going to reignite the, the the Collingwood season down forward? It, uh, it, it can't it can't be Darcy Moore. I'm sorry, it can't. Darcy be. Moore's gone back, and I saw in the news that Bucks has uh, admitted that now, and he's a defender. He's been training down at Gosh's Paddock this week, uh, actually as a defender. So uh, he'll be back there. Thankfully, they play North, and they lose Buckley's gone his career has to be would be over uh it, it might already be over and writing on the wall it'll be over at the end of the year anyway he's not in contract but uh speaking about the gold coast suns you had took miller stand up you had brandon ellis playing out of oh, defense even went forward and kicked a goal uh one of your your man source and uh corbett a little bit of a stint in the ruck and he went forward kicked four goals so the Gold Coast firing at the MCG. At the MCG, um, breaking a 3-11 and um, drought at the MCG. And the first time they've ever beaten Collingwood there. And um, you, obviously that's not an unusual stat, but it's a huge win for that football club. And they come into this week looking to make it three on the trot against your Saints. Mate, especially this Gold Coast team who is riddled with injuries. No Ruckman. And they should have won early games in the season. Yep. They didn't do it. And now they're proving that they can be that type of side. It might be a, a little bit too far. They might compete for the eight or whatever, but they do need to get some uh, players back on the field to be able to do that. But it'll be an interesting game against St Kilda up at the Gold Coast this week. It definitely will, Pez. And uh, I know that the, the pound's not, town's not being painted uh, red, but it definitely is being painted orange, Pez. I can, I can see the orange paint is back out <laughs> and about. The Giants are on a... Um, well, they've rejuvenated their season and they're, they're looking for um, finals and a uh, big win over the Crows. Mate, they've rejuvenated their season from one man, Toby Green, as soon Toby as he took Green. over the uh, captaincy. I know he only kicked one goal three on the weekend, but he is pivotal and important. The other week he kicked one goal seven, so he doesn't have to even have to kick four or five anymore and they're still getting the win. So uh, Adelaide may be showing their true colours, but a, a big thing for GWS was Jesse Hogan coming into that side and kicking four. Yeah, first game for, for GWS there, slotting into a traditional forward spot, sort of showing those highlights that he proved himself when he was in Melbourne on that big contract and through his junior footy. But the big the big story from that game, Pez, is uh, Shane Mumford. Three games this year, three wins. Yeah. Uh, the, the mummy is back out of retirement. He's, you know, really, really um, pivotal for, the, for that Giants team, especially with uh, Proust uh, a, little, a little while away. Yeah, they're going to have to uh, continue to manage the the old man at the moment. Retired? How many times he retired now? Twice, uh, three, maybe. four times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he's doing, but uh, big big things in that game is Adelaide at home. Supporters expecting big things. 
Giants kicked one goal eight in the first quarter source. Adelaide kicked one goal one. It went to Tex Walker, who has been in form. He ended up kicking two for the day. But Adelaide only kicked four goals. Only four goals, Pez. But interesting stat for uh, Adelaide. Uh, Tex Walker, how many times has he kicked the first goal for the game? For uh, the Crows? Well, seven rounds. He would have done that uh, for just for the Crows? Yeah. Five? Seven times. Every every week. Seven times he's been oh, the, 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 the main goal, the first goal scorer for the Crows. So <laughs> you don't mind a little bit of a cheeky punt, Pez, uh, get all over Tex Walker for the first goal. Jeez, and, and sometimes, yeah, yeah, we we speak about that, but you, you talk about the Saints next, and uh, they had a big win, 69 points over Hawthorne. And Hawthorne, they, just, they didn't kick a goal in the first quarter or a behind. They didn't score. No, they looked um, very lacklustre for effort, but um, even in that first quarter, though, Pez, um, the Saints had control of the game, but just didn't really put it on the scoreboard and didn't really... uh, It could have been a lot lot more uh, dangerous than uh, 69 points. Um, We speak about it a lot when we talk about Hawthorne Source, is the the Tom Mitchell type, uh, what influence he has on the game. Now, they were missing Sean Burgo and they were missing Jaeger Romero and uh, Chad Wingard. Tom Mitchell had 38 disposals, 25 of those handballs. You look at Zach Jones on the other team, 37 disposals, kicked two goals, one, easily a three-vote game, and Tom Mitchell, I don't think, will be seen in the votes there. A bit disappointing from Jones not to get over the 40. He had, I think, 27 at halftime and a couple of goals, and uh, got a little bit quiet in that second half, but the game was dead and buried. Um, really disappointing for Tom Mitchell. I know this is something that we have made comments on in the past, but they, they just need to, if you need to look at his metres gains and the impact that he's having, and, they, you know, Hawthorne really need to evaluate if, if that's the type of football that they want to go with the rebuild because he's just not damaging enough to be able to do it. They've got some young guns coming through there. CJ, you know, first time this year he didn't get 20 possessions. They, they've got some really nice run through that middle of the ground. Having him going back and forth and that defensive handball and that almost one-two style isn't working for them and they need to get um, a, a move on. Oh, that's the thing. And uh, if they're going to start games like that, and they're going to go on uh, like against Adelaide last week where they let, I don't know, six or seven goals in a row go. They just can't have lapses that poorly and just expect to try and come back every week. So uh, we know it's a rebuild. We know they're going to be struggling, but they do need to put up a bit of a better fight than that for their supporters. Uh, same thing with your Port Adelaide power source. Uh, didn't put up too much of a fight uh, against Brisbane. Lockie Neal was out. And the big thing, the big news before the game, Travis Boak, was a laid out as well. So it kind of leveled the playing field there. Yeah, it kind of leveled the playing field. And I think uh, that really did impact Port Adelaide. But it wasn't just the, you know, the miss, the the not having Boak in there. Um, Port Adelaide just didn't show up. They're, they're, they're the second highest team in the league. They normally generate, you know, 58 to inside 50s, but they, they didn't get any, uh, basically, in that first quarter. They really let themselves down. And they proved that uh, all the whispers are true, Pez, that they can't win and they can't beat contenders. They failed twice now. They failed against West Coast uh, in Perth. Both and, away know, from home. Both away from home. Um, so, like, I don't know how they can fix this, Pez. Are they just a, a pretender or are they a contender? Well, if, if they finish top two, they might be a contender if they're playing at Adelaide Oval, get a prelim and then try and go to the MCG and get a win against one of the other really good sides in the comp. They had three more inside 50s than the, the Lions for the game and the Lions just look so much better on the night. They had Charlie Dixon lining up from 15 metres out in that first quarter. And Mitch Robinson got the uh, free kick reversal up at the 50-metre line. I'd make a, a, a rule. It's a blanket rule as a, as a coach of any, any club at any level. You, you cannot give away and reverse a free kick when you're having a shot at goal. You wait until that goal goes through, the goal umpire does his thing, and then go hit the bloke and give away a free kick. Yeah, very undisciplined and uh, very costly because... Unable to get a roll on from that, Pez. It's, and it's not, it's not a, a thing that you like to see from your veteran players. 
Oh, it's an absolute smashing. The next game wasn't a smashing. Uh, it was in the stat sheet in Geelong's favour uh, with, a, I think, a big plus 27 inside 50s or something like that source. And uh, they ended up losing the game. They were up by 10 with, you know, a couple of minutes to go. And Sydney just uh, rallied, Papley kicking the, the sealer. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty telling sort of game. Geelong dominated all stats. They are one contested possession by 40. They won the uncontested possession by 60. Um, they were outmarked by Sydney, but everything else, Pez, um, was pretty disappointing. The inside 50s was disgusting. Um, they they just they just didn't bring um, take they didn't capitalize on their inside fifties. They led for ninety eight minutes of the match pairs <laughs> until that last quarter, which we went into an absolute thriller of a last quarter, goal for goal. And pairs, I said to you beforehand, Sydney versus Geelong. What did I say? And I said it again at the pub. It, Nick Davis. It reminded me very much so in that first quarter of Nick Davis because. <sighs> I mean, we, we dominated the, the inside 50, 65 to 39. Tom Hawks, Tom Hawks could have put it away in that last quarter. But instead, we are, are talking about you know, a disappointing Geelong, a impressive Sydney, a resilient uh, Sydney, and uh, we're talking measurements, Pez. Yeah, measurements, measurements, measurements. You, you deserve one. Uh, the 18-metre kick that was called non not 15 metres, but the umpire on review... Wasn't tracking the ball when it travelled about halfway. No, I was watching it at the pub with no sound, and when it happened, we must, we thought it was touched because we didn't even enter our mind that it wasn't kicked far enough. Until later on, uh, we, we we watched the replay and we heard the the footage. There's, the moment the guy he kicks the ball, he's yelling out, "Not fifteen, not fifteen, Thinking the ball's travelling straight up in the air. Yeah, he's made an error. Made, made, made it made a pretty big error and a costly error. Now I don't know if it gives um, Geelong the game. You know, a left footer in uh, Jeremy Cameron on the very, very tight angle. Seven seconds left. No chance to play on. He's an elite forward. You could say he maybe kicked that. It'd probably give him a 50% chance. But Geelong don't, didn't... Um, I'm actually glad that we didn't get the opportunity because we weren't deserving of it. You dominate the game like that in all assets of the stat. Leading by 30 points in the first quarter. You know, they deserve to lose. Well, this is the thing. Geelong got one down down in their stadium with yeah, footy, uh, the Brisbane. Footy gods. Footy gods. And they've, they've paid it back there. But Sydney are the beneficiaries. Brisbane don't really benefit from that, um, in all honesty. So uh, I don't know if it's uh, footy gods playing their thing or whatever, but yeah, Geelong should not have lost that game after smashing West Coast the week before and dominating uh, most of the stats. Uh, Sydney did well to escape and they head down to Melbourne to play the undefeated Melbourne this week. They do too, Pez. Uh, we speak of the undefeated Melbourne and we were looking at a, a close to an upset at halftime. The, the Kangaroos came out in flying fashion at their home ground, or their home away from home in uh, Tassie. Um, Pez, it was an interesting game, and uh, you were talking last week on the show about a 40-point uh, win to North Melbourne on the cards at uh, ridiculous odds, and that early third quarter, it looked like it could have been on the cards there. It was looking good. Could have got a bit of a bit of a cash out, I reckon, uh, during that second quarter there where North were doing that. But no, Ben Brown came into the side, and uh, Melbourne just kicked away. Uh, down there and uh, were able to get the win down in Tassie. Um, Fritch ended up kicking six. <laughs> so he, uh, he had a day out down there and uh, so he was one of the best. You had Salem, who's always in the best as well. Uh, Cozzy Pickett, always great to watch. He had three as well. Yeah, Jackson and Salem were pivotal in that third quarter, really taking over the game and uh, putting it in Fritch's hands. And Isaiah uh, Pickett, Pez, Cozzy Pickett, we love him, uh, cashing in for the Demons, ensuring that they went into the last break with a 13-point lead and they end up turning that into a 30-point loss, a uh, 30-point win, just showing how elite they can be when they actually turn it on. A couple of young guns from North Melbourne looked impressive though, Pez. Uh, rising star nomination this week for, for one of the lads. 
Tom Powell topped it off with uh, 23 disposals, a goal pairs, and uh, I think North might have found one during their rebuild, uh, a quality player. Well, they'd want to hope so because they need to, need to find a bit more. But um, you had Larky up there kicking two, Campbell kicking two, Cunnington moved forward and kicked two, and Zerha hit the scoreboard for... Okay, it's one of the first times for the year. He's been a bit quiet, uh, Zerha, since Stevenson came across as well. But um, we'll, we'll see what they can put up. They they got within my 10-goal margin, which, ten goal I, rule, which is what I expect from uh, North and their effort. Um, the 10-goal margin, talk about that. The the next game, Essendon and Carlton, it wasn't 10 goals, but there was plenty of goals to be had, 35 to be exact. Uh, Carlton ended up winning this by 16 points, and there were a lot of young guns on display. Yeah, well, this was this was a classic game. This was a typical Essendon versus Carlton game. There was a lot of heat and a lot of intensity and a lot at stake for both clubs. You know, Carlton needing to turn around their season and Essendon, um, well, being impressive uh, as of uh, early with sorry as of late with their young guns, but their first real big test, I think. Yeah, well, Essendon they've they've been in games, but uh, Carlton they just had to win this one. We spoke last week about Carlton playing against the Port Adelaide and the Brisbane and. Uh, people expecting them to win, which was ludicrous, but I did expect them to win this game pretty comfortably. Got to within 16 at the end. Essendon were up by a couple of goals in that first quarter source, uh, ended up leading into half time, but then Carlton came out in the third, kicked six goals to four, and then never looked likely of, of losing. Um, so it was decent. Sa- Sam Walsh, uh, another three vote game, and he is just growing with confidence. Uh, Round by round. All right, Piers, if, if, if Carlton make the finals, he's a real real shot for the for the Brownlow. Yeah, well, he has to be, yeah. How, how many games does he need to, to be a genuine contender? Like, So we're, we're a third of the way through the season. We're seven games in. They've won three of them. So he's won three already. You'd say to be in the top eight, they need, what, 12 wins? Oh, yeah, 11, 12, yep. So he needs to, so they need, he needs to win that many to be a contender, or can he win it from uh, under 11 wins? Uh, under 11 wins, he has to have really stellar games in those losses and they have to be uh, close losses as well. They can't be blowouts for him to continue to get that. He also has to go forward and kick goals. So I think if they win 11 or 12 games, uh, he keeps playing like he is. He's, he's a smoky chance to uh, get, get the uh, near 30 votes and, and take away the Brownlow medal. Yeah, some, one of the teams that was not a smoky chance, Pez, was uh, Fremantle. They continue to have a disappointing um, show up in the, the derby. Uh, 11 straight losses now, um, but that wasn't the biggest loss of the day. Uh, West Coast lost 2.1 million from playing that game with no fans because of the Perth lockdown, uh, Pez. It would have been a sellout. Do you know what they should have done? They should have. Uh, they should have. They should maybe get Optus to sponsor SBS Stadium <laughs> yeah. and get some money in. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they maybe maybe should, but uh, it was a a real tightly tight contested game. It was it was unbelievable at the start, and then in the last quarter, West Coast just came out nine goals to two, and uh, your man Tim Kelly from Geelong, the forty two disposals, uh, was it zero marks or something? I I heard ridiculous. Well, you heard Pez. <laughs> Zero marks. Zero marks. That's uh, and forty-two. How does he get forty-two without a little cheapy? Not only that, mate. No, nine tackles, uh, thirteen clearances, um, two behinds, but no goals. So a pretty interesting, unusual stat line there, Pez. Not one that you see very often. But Definitely he wasn't not. the only superstar there, Pez. Despite the loss, David Mundy has really turned back the clock, mate. Is he uh, the old Benjamin Button? He's getting better with age. He had another stellar performance, twenty-nine disposals, um, and yeah. Oh, will, Despite them losing, he has been um, one of those players that just every year you can't believe he's in the league and he just gets better and better. He just keeps going, doesn't he, David Mundy? You've got to wonder if Geelong had uh, retired some of their superstars a little bit early because they might have been uh, <laughs> like a David Mundy. Got at, the old tap on the shoulder. At, at 35 years old. But uh, 
very interesting. Tim Kelly, the not just the offense source. He had the nine tackles as well. So all that all that effort and what they pay him for because they are missing Shuey and Yo in that midfield at the moment. But West Coast, they need to win away. They do need to win away, and the big test will come this week against Hawthorne. Um, and we say it's a big test because they just don't know how to win away from home. And I think being on the MCG, somewhere that they are a little bit more familiar with, should be better for them. But this is the problem with West Coast. They don't win away from home, and they've been in a you know a win-loss, win-loss, win-loss sort of a regime as of late. Yep. They need to break that, and they need to win two in a row, and more importantly, win away from Perth. Well, that's it, and it's a big test for West Coast. It was a big test for uh, you and I on the weekend, Source, with our bets. We'll get into our betting review. Soft review. It's no official review. Well, I know how it ended, Source, and it <laughs> ended in profit again. So uh, we'll go through the games, and then we'll go through our uh, round and season tally. So the first game was Richmond Bulldogs. Now, we've already spoken ab- about the game. Uh, so this is all about our bets. Now, I had uh, the cheeky on, and I was very happy with this one, Source. I had Richmond minus four and a half, which uh, ended up getting up. I had Tom Lynch to kick two plus goals. I was you know, not very happy in that first half when he had five behinds. <laughs> and Shea Bolton to get 25. He spent too much time up forward. He didn't get the 25, only ended with 22. So my cheeky, unfortunately, ended in a bonus. Yeah, a little bit stiff there, Piers, because he provided some absolute run through that middle and uh, you know really flourished with no Dusty Martin. And he was a bit stiff not to get the uh, 25, Piers. But do you know who was not stiff on that night? Uh, My man, Alex Keith, mate. Yeah, he was never in doubt of getting the 15. And uh, to our listeners uh, and our special shout-out to Dylan, who's been tracking my stats, that makes me five for eight every time I say it's money for jam or money for VBs, as I like to cleverly rename it. That means, Pez, i got to win. Three-league same-game multi, Hunter to get 20, Liberatore to get 20, and my man, your man, Pez, Alex Keithy boy, to get 15. Can't so. believe you finished with uh, 18 there. You had eight during the third quarter. <laughs> it did not there. look good, mate. He kicked out from full back and didn't cross the line, so it didn't count as a stat source. And yeah. I was thinking, oh, this is bad for source. Nah, but just, it, no, it's good for a narrative. You build got, attention. Got away with the win, which was really good. Uh, the next game, Collingwood versus the Gold Coast Suns. I noticed you didn't have a bet, source. Uh, I did. I liked Grundy against the Suns without a Ruckman to get 20 disposals, and he did. Uh, still side bottom to get 20, and Pendlebury to get 20. They got the ball. They just... They just couldn't get the goals, uh, Collingwood, so they lost. But uh, I had the little uh, little win, $20, $20 there to return 42. Nice, Happy with that. Nice silver lining there for you, Pez, considering you're not a Collingwood fan. So it's a good win. Uh, you get a win from Collingwood and, they and lose. Collingwood don't win. How so so that? that's always good. But as I said to you last week, Pez, not really sure of this one. I really was tempted with that Gold Coast lines. And in the end, I would have been uh, laughing if, if I'd taken that one. So yeah. let's get on to the next game with uh, the Giants and the Crows. Yeah, I didn't have a bet in this one because it was too close for mine and the the teams obviously weren't out. But a bit of news about the team source. There's uh, rumours around that. I heard these rumours. Thursday night teams might be back. We've been humming and hiring about it since COVID finished. Not been humming and hiring, mate. We've been very pissy about it. (laughs) We've been very pissy. There's been no indecision about it. Especially when we've had to record on a Tuesday or Wednesday night and there's there's absolutely no teams and we've got to make our bet slip. But... um, Oh, Adelaide GWS, what'd you have? Uh, I, had, uh, I had the Giants that are surprising $2 outsiders, and I wish I'd chucked the maximum on this, Pez, but not to be. Just doubled up with a $25 bet, so 50 return for me, and uh, that was two from two, looking very good going into the, the Saturday afternoon games. Well, that's the thing, and speaking of max, max bets, I uh, I had a max bet on the St Kilda Hawthorne game, not of anyone to win or lines or anything. I thought it'd be a high-scoring game because St Kilda haven't been defending well. I was in a bit of strife when Hawthorne <laughs> was scoring a footy, but uh, it 
it ended up opening up in that fourth quarter and uh, over 170.5 points got up very easily in the end. Had the max 50 on it, returned 95. Happy with that. Yeah, I was a little bit stiff in this one, Pez. I escaped with a bonus bet. Um, I had a three-league same-game multi. Jarman Impity to get 20. He got 23. Uh, Dougal Howard got 15 exactly, so I was laughing Ooh. about that one. And... Uh, you know, CJ, you know, Jeff, uh, Chang, Chang Goth. Oh, he's had a go at it. Don't do it, Oh, cheers. Uh, well, he let me down, and it was the first time uh, that he hadn't reached the, the 20 mark this year. So, again, I escaped with a um, a bonus bet, but a little bit disappointing because that one really would have helped me getting over my um, season ROI. Very good bonus bet to uh, suffice. Now, the next game was Brisbane versus Port Adelaide. We spoke about the Brisbane 49-point win source. I wasn't brave enough to put a bet in uh, before I saw the teams. I was leaning towards Port uh, at the at the plus, but um, yeah, I didn't didn't pull the trigger. Yeah, I pulled the trigger early, Pez, and this is one of the things that happens when you um, you pull the trigger early in the week, Pez, the Thursday night, putting your bets down, because the moment Boke was out, I was in big strife, because that ball movement was not going to get through. I had 25 on them, uh, and they obviously lost by 49, so that was back-to-back crosses for me. Very, very important he is, and uh, Sydney and Geelong, uh, Sydney getting up uh, was no good for the both of us. I had Geelong 1-39, to 39, sitting there with two minutes to go, 10 points up. I'm like, oh, beauty, I've got another one. And then uh, Sydney steal it and win by two points. Yeah, well, I was even more disappointed, Pez. I had a three-leg same-game multi um, at odds at $6.50. Cameron Guthrie to get 30 or more, he had a heap of it. <sighs> Jeremy Cameron to get three or more, so he didn't even need that last kick to get his three or more. He had three. He needed the last kick to get the last leg, though. And then the last leg, Geelong to win. So looking at that game, you had to say that was probably the safest one uh, in that first <laughs> quarter, but not to be. But you know what, Pez? I escaped with a bonus bet, so I've got $50 of bonus bets for the next round of football, which is good for me because it means I'm not outlaying money, but it's disappointing for this round because I could have used both of those wins. Oh, I could have used both of those and uh, jumped up, and we'll have a look at the ROI in a second. North versus Melbourne. I'm spewing I didn't actually jump on the plus 58.5 source that I chose in our line tipping competition, but uh, you jumped on and were pretty confident with your cheeky. Yeah, extremely confident with my cheeky pairs, and I'm uh, pretty sure it got up, didn't it? Oh, definitely not. Uh, what do I see there? Melbourne minus 91.5. <laughs> yeah. You knew after the first quarter that wasn't happening. Yeah, Pez, uh, and it was a little bit disappointing, not only for the big loss, Pez, but because I wanted the such a high line, I ne- neglected Sportsbet because they, their pick-your-own-line only went up to about 80. I went over to Tab and put the 91.5, and, and if I'd stuck with uh, the 81.5 with Sportsbet, I still would have lost, but the other two leagues coming in, Cosy Pickick in three goals and the over 149.5, I would have had a third bonus bet. Uh, not to be, bonus. Oh, well. but uh, no we move on. Uh, move on to the Carlton Essendon game. I did say I was pretty uh, confident that Carlton were going to win one to thirty nine. I didn't think they'd blow Essendon away, so I had twenty five on that. Returned fifty three seventy five. A nice little two dollar fifteen odds. Yeah, and I steered clear as uh, as listeners know from last week. I was really really topsy turvy about where I was going in that game, and uh, I'm glad I did, Pez, because. Yeah, Carlton got the win there. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. The the next game, the Twilight, the Derby. Uh, Bet of the week, line of the week. West Coast four and a minus half. four and what a, a half. Joke. I know they lost by ninety seven, but we know they don't like to play away from home, and they're back on their home home deck. Fremantle, yeah, they beat up on some sides over there, but not their big brother, West Coast Eagles. West Coast Eagles absolutely smashing them. Uh, we both had that bet. So I had the max on that return ninety five. Yeah, and I should have done the same pairs. I only had twenty five on it, but not to be. But that's okay because that's a green tick, and it really helped me um, salute my uh, my multi for the round because. 
I had them at minus one and a half at a dollar seventy five, which is yeah, money money free for anyway. I had that matched up with Geelong plus eighteen and a half and GWS very safe. plus thirty and a half. Very safe. So that was a nice little win for me, fifty six dollars and thirty five cents collect. So yeah, a nice little, little round for me with a little power play on that one as well. Source, I lost my. A uh, little source multi because I had Richmond plus 20 and a half, which was easy, easy done. I had Geelong plus 13 and a half. It's still easy done. Carlton plus 21 and a half. They actually won. And uh, Collingwood plus 14 and a half, which uh, really, really let me down losing by uh, four goals to the Gold Coast Suns at the MCG. But it didn't matter in the end. I staked $200 in round seven, returned $285.75, return on investment of 42.87%. That takes me to a total staked of 1,365, returned 1,662.59 cents. Return on investment for the season, the first seven rounds, 21.8%. Sitting there very happy at the moment. So you should be, Piers. That's a, a great way to start, uh, or not start, but it's a third of the way through. You're 21%. That is a great way to be in, Piers. I'm just coming up behind you then because that round for me, staked 170. Um, returned 213.85, so 85 cents. A nice profitable round of 25.79%. Overall for the year gets me closer to my goal, not only in the positive pairs, but to do that 20%. Staked 12, one, sorry, $1,205. Returned $1,189.48. Cutting my ROI down to minus 1.28% pairs. You're close. Round eight. I told you, that's where I fire. That's get, where I fire. Get out of the, get out of the water. <laughs> get out of the water. Then. I'm uh, crawling up on the beach. The tide is bringing me in, pairs, and I am ready to... Uh, oh, we're up and about here and behind the boundary after, <laughs> after a big, big uh, round seven. So we're hoping for an even bigger round eight with our bet slip. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 with a mate and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on on Maxi do you want do you want some as well and I, I said oh yes 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 and before we get into all my winning bets pairs and into the positive we better go through uh, the specials for the round Cyril takes a special and goes bang yeah, uh, the specials. Uh, we're running out of uh, agencies to really look at the specials here, Source. But Sportsbet have done uh, really well again this week. They've got the three-plus leg same-game multi for AFL on all matches, up to three refunds per match. So if you love a same-game multi, take the insurance with Sportsbet there. Friday night match, uh, the Geelong-Richmond, the grand final rematch. Uh, if your team kick a goal in the first two minutes, you win. Uh, that game only up to $250. We've got Tab. They've got the three-plus leg, one fails. Now, they've only got three games. They've got the Richmond-Geelong game. They've got Melbourne and Sydney on Saturday. And on the Sunday, they've got the, the Western Bulldogs and Carlton Source. So uh, we don't speak about uh, too many other promotions at the moment because Neds and Lads, they've been a bit disappointing and only putting one and two games out there. So uh, if you're going to do a same game multi this week, stick to uh, either tab with those three games or to be safe, you go sports bet. You can actually do up to three per game. Yeah, and that's what uh, I think a lot of my bet slip uh, consists of pairs. What about your bet slip? Uh, is that the sort of trend that you're going with? A lot of same game multis or are you keeping it a little bit more uh, cheeky? Uh, no, not so much <laughs> cheeky. I have gone with uh, one of the specials on the, on the Friday night with the same game multi, but uh, keeping it uh, pretty close to the chest uh, everywhere else. 
Everywhere else, Pez, that's unlike you, keeping your cards there. Normally you're a little bit reckless with uh, most of your bets, but we better get things off, Pez, with an absolute blockbuster. The grand final rematch, starting things off, Richmond versus Geelong at the MCG. $1.57 for the favourites, Richmond Tigers. Two forty one for the outsiders, Geelong. The line is minus 8.5. The over-under is one fifty three and a half. Pez, what are you doing in this one? Well, mate, it's a, it's a massive game. They're saying it's a grand final rematch. It's at night again, uh, just like it was last year up at the Gabba. Uh, should be an absolute cracker because even though Geelong lost last week's source, they, they won in all categories and beat West Coast by uh, 97 the week before. So there's some pretty big ins and out though, outs though. So Cochin pinged his hamstring uh, late in that fourth quarter last week, so he's out injured. Dylan Grimes is out injured, and Naish omitted, who was the sub last week. In comes Dustin Martin, fresh back from New Zealand, and Nick Vloston. So they lose Grimes, get Vloston, lose Cochin, get Martin. I reckon that's a win for the Tigers. You, you agree with that? I do agree with that. Yeah, oh, I, was, I thought you were about this. No, it was just one of the yeah, disappointing. I was hoping that he'd be quarantined, but you are correct, Pez. It's, uh, because you do go for the I do the go cats. for the Cats, but yes, that it, is definitely Interesting selection. With, with the Cats. What is wrong with Jordan Clark? I don't, I don't know. I, I was very surprised with that omission. He's been playing some really good football. We, we've said that every time he's been dropped this year. Uh, we do, we don't can't see why. I, I don't understand. He must be out of favour, and especially when they're picking someone like uh, Zach Guthrie over him. I really don't understand that selection. Um, Jordan Clark offers that pace through the game. Um, you know, we could have really used his pace against the Tigers. Um, he hasn't been really disappointing. I mean, he had 18 touches last week, you know, five tackles. He, he does the right things. It I, seems I, like I, he's I, putting I, in the effort and he's not turning the ball over like what's really noticeable, as you can see. So he's out omitted. Uh, Grime Myers uh, with that bit of an illness and Quint, Quinton Narkel omitted as well. Um, it says illness for Grime Myers. I heard it was a, a fracture to a tibula or fibula. Well, it's just an illness because he must have watched the review and seen his kicking <laughs> style, and uh, that's the illness. Pez. That's uh, the illness for everyone in the crowd as well. In comes <laughs> Sean Higgins back, so uh, going with the old blokes, uh, Geelong, and Sam Simpson, who yeah. has been impressive Sam, in the past. Sam Simpson has been really impressive when he's played. His trend for him seems to come in for one or two games and then and go out. has a, a random injury and then goes out. But Pez, what are you doing for this game? Uh, because I, I'm torn in this one because, as you said, Geelong, Geelong dominated a lot of the categories last week. Probably should have been back-to-back wins. Probably should have been a big win. And the Tigers haven't been impressive, but they were impressive in that third quarter. Yeah, well, Cochin comes out, which is, a, is going to be a pretty big loss, but Martin does come in, so he can play in there. I think what Hardwick needs to do is keep Shea Bolton playing stints in that midfield because he gives heaps to him, especially without Prestia. I've gone to uh, Tab and I've gone pick your own line. I've gone Richmond minus 13.5 because I think they can have a win by about uh, four goals. Under... 174.5 points. So I've picked my own total game points source and put it up a little bit higher and gone the under. And then to add a third leg for the same game multi-special without it going down, I put Richmond minus 7.5 to give me odds of $2.90. Now, interesting stat there. If I didn't put uh, Richmond minus 7.5 and I just put Richmond head-to-head, I actually lost 20 cents on the price. So I don't get it, but you just got to play around with uh, with that. So tab 290, I've, I've put uh, 25 on it. If you think the Tigers are going to win, Pez, that's a nice little bet there and uh, some, some some insurance on the way too by the, by the sound of things, which is odd. Yeah, oh, don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, look, as I said, I'm 50-50 with the game, but I've got to go with my Cats, Pez. I think that they dominated those uh, categories. I think that they're going to be very upset about losing last week uh, and they're going to be working, um, watching the game, Kate, trying to, to, you know, sort of address some of those um, deficiencies that they displayed. Not only that, it is the grand final rematch. Um, Geelong haven't been really great against um, Richmond at the G. 
I think there's a lot riding on this, and it's an important game to bounce back. So I'm backing my Cats in to win in a three-leg same-game multi. Cats to win. Tommy Atkins to get 15. He's been in ripping form with Dangerfield out. He'll probably get around 18, 19, especially with Jordan Clark out as well. There's more pill for him to get. And Cameron Guthrie, who's been on an absolute tear the last month, him to get 30. That gives me odds of $5 pairs, and I've chucked 25 on that one. Well, it gives you $5. So lucky uh, you didn't put Zach Guthrie in there. It would have given you $55. So just uh, <laughs> be aware when, you, when you're choosing Guthrie for your disposals. Oh, Jesus. Uh, we head to this, and I'm pretty excited for this game, Source. I haven't been excited for a St. Kilda game for a while, but Gold Coast versus versus St. Kilda. We've, uh, St. Kilda got over the line in the last uh, four or so matches by under a goal. So it's been a, a, a quite a good rivalry. So the Suns will want to have a win. In this one, Source, I think if Rowan Marshall and Paddy Ryder are fit and playing, I think St. Kilda just win. I think if one of them doesn't play, I think Gold Coast have the edge. And if both of them don't play, Gold Coast win by about 10 goals. Yeah, it's a really interesting one, Pez. I think um, being up in Metricon has really swung the bookies' way here. It is a quite a close game. Gold Coast are the favourites, $1.79. St. Kilda outsiders at two oh seven. The line is minus 2.5, which I actually really like for either side because I think if you if either side's going to win, Pez... It's not going to be. It's not going to be a one two point game. It's going to be by a couple of goals. The over is one sixty two and a half pairs, and, and I tend to agree. I think that if you have Paddy Ryder play, even even just him play, I think he really addresses that ruck situation that Gold Coast struggling with. I think St Kilda need this game. They need to win back to back games. They need to get their season rolling. Gold Coast, they've sprung a couple of wins. Their their confidence will be up, but Pez, I just think the Saints are going to be too good for them. Well, I, I hope they are. What I've done is I've chucked my bonus bet uh, from last week on source. I've put St Kilda, pick your own line, minus 14.5. Added that with uh, Zach Jones to get 20 disposals. He's still paying a, a decent price after picking up 37 last week. And if the Saints <laughs> win by 15 or more, Jones needs to touch the ball more than that and be winning it out of the middle. And then my man Max King against his brother to kick two goals. Uh, that's the odds of five bucks and just my $10 bonus on it, source. Yeah, well, I've gone uh, my bonus bet with this one as well, Pez. I've just chucked my $25 bonus bet on the Saints to win at $2.07 just for a nice little do- uh, double up and some. Uh, so that'll get me potential winnings of $26.75. And Pez, I, I don't mind the double up there. Um, as you and I both know, when you are using a bonus bet, it is important to make sure that you get a little bit more of a turn. Uh, you've gone the, the bit more dangerous and the outlaying one, and I've just wanted to double up and try and get over that ROI and get yeah, the positive. you can go either way when you want uh, with your bonus bet. Some people do try and go really ridiculous, like $50 odds and things like that, and you you win about one in 50. <laughs> That's why the odds are like that. Yeah. So uh, you, we head to Giant Stadium with uh, GWS taking on Essendon next. Yeah, this game here is going to be a real spectacle. Uh, the Giants looked impressive last week, and Essendon looked impressive for three quarters, but the book think that the GWS Giants with that leadership of Toby Green is going to be too good. $1.38 favourites, $3.07 outsiders are the Bombers. The line, a three-goal, a buffer, 18.5, over-under totals, 171.5 pairs. I know you're all over the Giants. You're painting the town red. You're back on the Giant train, aren't you? Well, I'd have to paint the town orange to be on the Giants and not on the Bombers painting it red. Uh, but I, I am. I, at $1.38, don't love it, but I've uh, put it in a three-leg same-game multi with Tab. Uh, the first half results, so GWS just to win the first half and then GWS head-to-head to win the match. I've added that in with my pick-your-own total game points of under 190. I don't think they're going to get uh, as high-scoring as Essendon and Carlton were last week. So under 190 over there at Giant Stadium, and that gets me $2.10, and I'll put 20 on that. 20 on that, pairs, and I've put 10 down on uh, something a little bit. Cheeky! 
because uh, I tend to agree with you. I think the Gold Coast, uh, sorry, GWS can get the job done, but I don't think they're going to blow out. Uh, they're not a team that really blows out teams, um, and especially not one with the young guns uh, that uh, Essendon are displaying. I've gone GWS 1-39, to Lockie H to get 20 or more. He's done that the last month or so, and Toby Green, our man, to get four goals. Oh, shh. Only, only because I wanted really wanted him for two goals. I was paying a dollar fourteen for two goals. <laughs> it's not worth it. So I needed to get something a little bit cheeky. I've gone like three goals, and it goes a dollar seventy nine. So I had to go. Got four, a, I had to go all in, Pez, uh, and I've put ten on that. That gives me odds of seven dollars twenty five for a nice little collection. You've got to be able to bet bucks. on Toby Green for behinds. Yeah, that's get what six that's, behinds or something, well, and then he's, uh, he's got to address that now. In the last last month or so, every time Essendon has played, they've given away uh, multiple goal kickers and multiple goal kickers in the three. Someone as quality as Toby Green, I think he can get uh, the four finally. Well, this is his week. That's a really interesting line source. So, uh, listeners, stay tuned for our coin toss at the end, where we go through our lines and and have a pick at the next game. Uh, North versus Collingwood, eighteenth versus seventeenth. Uh, Collingwood fans don't want to be speaking about footy at the moment. Yeah, they definitely don't. Uh, they might after this week, Pez. This is a really good chance for Nathan Buckley to keep his season alive one extra week. But North Melbourne, after beating the last three weeks in a row, crushing their their plus line, the line has come into plus twenty two and a half. They're still outsiders at three sixty. Uh, sorry, three dollars thirty six, and uh, Collingwood, as you said, a dollar thirty three favourites over under one sixty seven and a half. Pez, North Melbourne will go in this and really think that they're a big shot, uh, especially at twenty two and a half. Uh, they definitely might. I, I, I'm not putting a bet on this. I'm steering clear from this game. Source Collingwood at dollar thirty three. You just can't trust them anymore. I did bet on them uh, on Anzac Day and thought they could get the job done over a, a poor Essendon side, and they just couldn't do it. Darcy Moore swinging back will help them uh, dramatically. Uh, they've still got those old codgers in the midfield that can get the job done, and Brody Grundy needs to have a huge one against Goldstein. So that'll be a really good matchup to watch. Yeah. Uh, if I was going to go anything here, I'd be looking at a first half line on North Melbourne, which is uh, probably around plus eleven, plus twelve and a half, something like that, and uh, then to fade away in that third or fourth quarter. Yeah, I like that, Pez. Um, I'm steering clear with this one as well. You're picking a team who hasn't won a game versus a team who's won one game. <laughs> uh, not, not a real betting uh, standpoint here, but I, I do don't. I am leaning towards the plus twenty two and a half for North Melbourne. They will really go into it with um, some confidence, especially after leading for you know for two two quarts of a game against Melbourne and Collingwood are, are much worse than Melbourne. So I'm steering clear. You're steering clear, but we're both leaning towards Melbourne at the line in some capacity. Yeah, well, North Melbourne at the line. There. Uh, I wonder if you're leaning towards Melbourne in the next game because Melbourne take on Sydney at the MCG. Yeah, it's a really big test for the Swans here coming to the G. They were impressive earlier this season against the Richmond Tigers at the G. Can they back it up? So they beat last year's Premiers and now they beat, uh, can they beat uh, this year's Premiers considering uh, sports bets already paid out on them? <laughs> so $1.31 for the Melbourne Demons. Sydney coming as outsiders at three forty-eight. The line is minus 22.5 and the over-under is quite low for a higher scoring team. I'd be checking the weather for that one, Pez. Uh, I think it's meant to rain. I think it's a 40% chance of rain on the weekend. So one. 58 and a half is the line, but uh, I think I still think that's quite low. Yeah, well, total game points. Uh, historically, Sydney are a, a team that like to, you know... Pile it on. <laughs> not really pile it on, but uh, well, this, stop the this scoring. This season they have. This season they have, so it's been a little bit different. I've, I've seen Buddy at, in the Melbourne airport uh, yep. today on the news. So yeah, he's, they reckon he's going to play. He's up and about and playing. So I really like that plus line uh, for Sydney. I've steer cleared because of the, the weather factor and the teams at the moment, but... Um, if I was to have a bet right now, I'd be on Sydney at the at the plus line. I know Melbourne have been impressive and haven't lost, but uh, have they, 
They beat Richmond the other week, but I think they've got to fall over at some stage. Uh, it might not be this week, but they, they aren't going to to be that really premiership threat, I think, and that, that's brave saying it for a team that hasn't lost yet. Uh, big news during the week, though, Christian Petrarca. Seven yeah, years. Seven years. Over $7 million. It's, it's a really interesting move because I think um, history has shown that these big deals don't pay off. Um, you've got uh, Brody Grundy in his first year of a... <laughs> first six weeks or first seven six weeks. weeks that's not looking good. He's a seven-year um, go. You've got uh, <laughs> a range of different players who've had those massive contracts. Uh, you've got Kelly coming up who gets to choose. He's got signed for two years plus eight. So he gets to choose, do I want to play for GWS for the next eight years for $8 million, or do I go elsewhere? That's massive. That is a huge um, contract, Pez. I was having this debate during the week because we know that those big contracts generally haven't been a success because you are investing for someone in a long time and there's a range of different things can go wrong. Buddy Franklin's big deal. I know we are we are talking Sydney here, so it is a little bit relevant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Buddy Franklin's deal. Worth it or not worth it? Do they have a premiership from it? No. Not worth it. Yeah, correct. But uh, in terms of um, you know the football side of things, no. In terms of the marketing, do you think the uh, increase in football awareness has, has risen in Sydney? Oh, yeah, quite possibly had. Um, I think he's sat a, a lot of those years out at the moment as well. So I, I feel like the, the Franklin move was great for the Sydney team, but they just couldn't get the job done and win a premiership. Will they do it with Buddy still on the side? I think their list is still a little bit too young to do that while Buddy's still there. So I'm going to call that a failure of a nine-year deal. Yeah, I tend to agree, Pez, but uh, they really needed that first premiership against Hawthorne that they That's gave the away. Um, I'm steering clear with this one. I do like what you're saying with the, the plus 22.5, Pez. I think Melbourne would really look at this game as a bit of a danger game. Sydney would see this as a winnable game. They're playing a team that is, you know, touted to be a, a decent sort of team. They're 7-0. and That backs against the wall, Sydney. They've seemed to uh, really enjoy being in that position this year. I'm really looking forward to that uh, Saturday night game. Yeah, and uh, are you looking forward to the showdown as well? Uh, I'm interested to see what Port Adelaide are going to be wearing this week, <laughs> whether they're going to be wearing the prison bars. I was hoping that you could, um, you can bet on that one because if they do wear it, they do wear the prison bars, which they had sort of flirted with, they will be fined, but they also will lose the four points. So from so, a betting standpoint, I don't know how that works. So does that mean um, they actually have to win the game to lose the four points or they just lose the f- lose four points automatically of what they've already got? That's a good point. Like if you were a team down the bottom, like if the the positions and the talent um, sort of that both teams have there was reversed and Adelaide was the team, do you reckon that would be the same threat? If it was, like... You'd be like, yeah, why not? You're going to threaten North Melbourne <laughs> to lose four premiership points. What are you going to put us on minus four? Just jump jump on board and, and wear it and that's just what stick it up. That's what North Melbourne should do against Collingwood. They should wear their, their stripes because they're not allowed to wear their stripes against North Melbourne. Oh, they're not? No, so uh, that's what they should do. But anyway, let's get into the betting standpoint for this one. Port Adelaide, as we sort of alluded to, are the favourites at eighteen. Adelaide, the outsiders, $4.90. The line is 30 and a half pairs, uh, which is an interesting uh, one because these games are normally um, competitive though the the Western Australia derby didn't show much of um, competitiveness nature the over under again I think is quite low at 163 and a half pairs I know you're all over Port Adelaide in this one yeah well I think Port Adelaide are going to get it done and get it done pretty easily but I am a bit nervous about that line at the moment at 30 and a half just because it's a showdown and it's a big game for Adelaide they do need to bounce back after disappointing their fans last week I've just gone a simple three leg same game multi and if Port Adelaide do uh, kick the shit out of Adelaide. I think these three players will have a, have a good day. So Dan Houston, 20-plus disposals. Carl Amon, 20-plus disposals. He's still paying uh, fairly high, Carl Amon. And without Very Zach big. Butters in that team, 
He's a very big part of the the link-up play for Port Adelaide. And Robbie Gray to kick a goal, who I think uh, will be able to kick a goal. There's so many tall forwards down at um, Port Adelaide at the moment with uh, Georgie Artis and Todd Marshall and Charlie Dixon. It's hard to pick one of them uh, to kick it. So go with the small Robbie Gray, and uh, I think he'll be able to do that. That gives me an even odds of uh, two bucks, and I've staked 20. I like that bet a lot, Pez, uh, because it sort of leans exactly into what I'm doing. Uh, I've only got a two-leg same-game multi. I agree that that, um, that line is really, really big at um, 30 and a half. So I've gone to tab, pick your own line. I've gone um, just a two-leg same-game multi, minus 17 and a half. You can pick your own line. You get $1.30 on odds on your own there. And uh, funny enough, Pez backed it up with um, Carl Amon to get 20 disposals. And I've whacked the max on that one at $1.80. So... Um, it's a big call from me because normally I don't put my um, max on on that sort of uh, a play, but that's what I'm going with that one. There you go. Well, I like that with uh, the Carl Amon at 20, uh, especially with Zach Butters out of that side. Um, that, that really is, is a good bet. Uh, we're heading to Sunday, and very interesting game, Hawthorne versus the West Coast Eagles at the MCG. Yeah, it is an interesting game, Pez. It's interesting for a number of reasons. Hawthorne obviously not performing that well uh, over the last month despite that comeback win against the Crows. That means they are outsiders at $2.58. West Coast playing away from home. You probably would think they would be a lot uh, a lot shorter than $1.50. The line is 12.5. The over-under is one seventy and a half. Really interested with your thoughts on this one, Pez, and I sort of sort of think I know where you're going to head. <laughs> you think you know where I'm going to head? Well, uh, Nick Natnui got 15 disposals last week in the, in the Derby, a yeah, week too late. Prick. <laughs> you know where I'm going to head? Who do you think I'm on? Uh, I think you're on West Coast, yeah, all, over the li- I, all over the line. I am all over the line. I'll put the max on the line, minus 11 and a half. You know me too well. Uh, I just don't rate Hawthorne as, as a team at the moment. They don't have uh, the players on the park to be able to do anything. I think West Coast have the talent around there to, you know, Kick a, kick a good score, win by five, six, seven goals, and at minus 11 and a half, uh, the bookies should have egg on their face at the end of it. Did you say 11 and a half, Pez? 11 and a half with tab. Oh, that's really good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking to change your bet? At the uh, well, I've got, I put 50 on the line uh, with Sportsbet at 12 and a half, and I'm just going to look through here. Hawthorne, where are we? Yeah, you're going to double up, put 100. I'm going to put 100, uh, not on the pod, Pez, but if the line is still at 11 and a half, which it is, I'm going to take that exact same bet and put my, another max down. And there's, there's a lesson for the listeners out there. If you like a line at 12 and a half or whatever it is, just make sure you check. And usually, um, Tab will have a better line than sports bet. If yeah. not the same, it'll be uh, at least one point better. That's a great little bit, Pez. That is done and done on that one. Uh, oh, that could be dangerous for me losing, <laughs> doubling up. But I do like that line. That was my bet already. But if you can get uh, for an extra point, Pez, why wouldn't you? Speaking of extra points, Carlton are going to be looking for any points they can against the in-form, on-fire Western Bulldogs. They are five. What are they? Seven, six and one. Dollar thirty-two favourites. Carlton at the outsiders at three. 41, minus 23.5 is the line, over under of 175.5. Yeah, interesting line here. Will the Carlton supporters be backing them again? Uh, I'll, I'll be backing the Bulldogs in to, to win this game. Uh, it can be a bit of a danger game for them, and I think some of the Bulldogs fans are starting to say that this week after losing to Richmond, not as confident as weeks before. Uh, me not being as confident with the bet, I have to go. Cheeky! <laughs> I have to go my cheeky. I've gone uh, a little uh, halftime, full-time margin type bet on uh, tab source. I've gone at halftime, the Bulldogs to be winning between 1 and 12 points. And then at the end of the game, the Bulldogs to win by 25 plus. So I needed to stay close and tight at the start in the first half. 
if that happens and then the Bulldogs just uh, go away in that second half and win by 25 plus, that's our odds of nine bucks. So I've put a cheeky 10 on that at nine dollar odds. Nine dollar odds. That is that is uh, quite realistic and surprisingly not cheeky in terms of what needs to happen in order for it to win. Well, in uh, the other way, Bulldogs halftime 13 plus and Bulldogs full time 25 plus paying $2.40. Wow, you've really uh, sussed out that market there, Pez. Uh, don't mind that. Um, but Pez, it's not as good as my bet because this is uh, this is my... Um, you know how people have got the lock of the week? This is my money for VB lock oh, of the week. No. <laughs> we and I'm going with my man. You know him, mate. Alex Keithy, he's going to oh, get another no. 15 touches. Adam he's backed Trelaw. him in the second week. Adam Trelaw will get 25, easy. And Tom Liberatore. Surprising, he's still paying like $1.33 to get 20 disposals. He is an absolute lock for that one. I've put 25 down at $2.75. You can uh, write that one in your little uh, stats oh, there, Dylan. No. That'll make it six from Dylan, nine. Dylan uh, from, very nice. <laughs> Dylan from Instagram, he's, he's written that down, listening to this at the moment. And uh, Dylan, you've given Sauce a big head at the moment. So uh, hey, hey, let's it's see not what a big happens. Head. It's just listen stats, to the stats confidence, don't lie, mate. Confidence, baby, confidence. Listen, stats don't lie. <laughs> listen, listen to that. Uh, last game of the round, Sauce. We've got uh, Brisbane versus Fremantle, which was meant to be over in Perth at Optus Stadium, but uh, it got moved. And uh, I tried to put a little bet on when I heard the news on Twitter that it was going to be moved to Brisbane. I checked all the, the lines at the different agencies. Tab had already suspended the market, so they were onto it very quickly. Sports bet, not onto it very quickly. I put uh, a, a big bet on Brisbane minus 12.5 because I knew it was going to be over at Brisbane. And Sportsbet kept it in there for the next, say, 18 or so hours. The line actually moved out to 15.5 before they voided it, which was uh, quite strange, but they obviously can do that and uh, disappointing. Yeah, a little disappointing, Pez, um, especially when the line now reflects at minus 30.5. It's a really swung... Um, it's almost doubled. Well, it has doubled. It went from 12 to 15, uh, and now it's out to 30, which you can understand Fremantle not wanting to lose uh, over $2.something million by playing their game at um, at SBS Stadium. So they did forfeit that right. But the good thing is they do play Brisbane in the later rounds. Yes. So hopefully if COVID's uh, gone away in Perth by then, they can play it over there and get that profit from the ticket sales. Hopefully they get all that under control. Pez, that means that Brisbane, as sort of we uh, the, the bookie, have let you know minus 30 and a half which is a huge line that means their favorites at a dollar 19 470 for the Fremantle dockers over under of 161 and a half there's did you double up double down i didn't i did not double down i still don't know where to go with this line when it's i get nervous when the line's around huge it's around five goals because uh you know Fremantle with with nat fife with darcy tucker with uh, a few of those players maddie taverner up forward they're, they're all right uh, in some cases. And, uh, and they definitely the believe in themselves as well, Pez. Like Fife came out at the start of the season saying, you know, we're not okay with just sort of floating around. We have a good enough list to make finals. We're ready now. 30 and a half is a, a bit of an insulting line, I think, for them. Uh, big, I don't know if it's insulting, but uh, it is tough to choose if you have to lean one way. And I've steered cleared from this and I'll just wait for my multi. Yeah, well, we do have to make a decision a little bit later during our <laughs> coin toss pairs. But I had one more bonus bet to play, and I've put it in this one. Uh, Charlie Cameron to kick two or more goals. He's been in ripping four in the last couple of times. He'll get the uh, the motorbike out and rev a couple of those. Zach Bailey to get 15 or more. He's been um, in ripping form, and I think with uh, uh, Lockie Neal out for another week, he'll probably get a couple of more posies. And I've also got Daniel McStay as my anytime goal scorer in the first half, which bumps up my odds. He's done it the last two weeks, kicking them in the first quarter. You're lucky, you're lucky your McStay's at home. 
Gold square. Yeah, I gotcha. All right, so um, that's a horrible joke there, Pez. Uh, it's uh, terrible. It's not as good as the other Daniel McStay <laughs> joke that we know and love. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that and uh, putting me off a little bit. But that gives me odds of $4, and I've chucked my bonus bin on that, hoping for a potential winnings of $75. Well, you have to tell the listeners now what the other Daniel McStay joke is. The reason I didn't do it the first time, Pez, <laughs> I can't remember, uh, so I might move on. Well, you can't remember because it's not Daniel McStay. It's uh, Hugh McCluggage. Oh, it is too. Yep. <laughs> it is too. Uh, yep. Lay it on the listeners there, Pez. The old uh, listener, listener favourite, J-Man, uh, sent this yeah. into the show. I don't know how long ago it, it was. It was during now. COVID when we were doing, um, we were looking for other avenues and we tried to stand up <laughs> stand up comedy, which we only had the one joke and I stuffed it up by saying Daniel McStay. So that's it. Lay it on us, Pez. It's uh, a little bit of McDonald's one. Uh, what does Ronald McDonald take to the airport? Ah, the old uh, Hugh McCluggage. Yeah, bit of McCluggage. So, uh, It'd be better if you try and get McStay in there as well. Like maybe they're a couple, McStay and uh, Hugh McCluggage go to the airport. What do they take? They take their uh, McCluggage, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. McStay, McCluggage. Yeah. Well done. Uh, yeah, get, get, the pun, to get the pun gun out, mate. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> stick to the pod, mate. Uh, that, uh, stick, stick to winning multis, Pez. Yeah, I, know you go got for your multi. I know you got a sauce multi in there, Pez. Lay it on me. I do have a sauce multi and you're going to be pretty surprised. Uh, with this one, just GWS plus six and a half against Essendon there. Port Adelaide plus six and a half against Adelaide. West Coast plus six and a half against Hawthorne. And Brisbane plus five and a half against Fremantle. I think all those teams are going to actually win. So the plus five and a half just for insurance there. Get you eighty for those four legs. I've gone a little bit different in terms of what I staked. I staked the max. Fitty. The max fitty on it. Yeah, Pez, I really considered that as well, but I thought, you know what? No, I'll stick to the rules and uh, I won't uh, I won't <laughs> put that in there. So I've gone a source multi and the source multi for listeners is when you think a team's going to win, you chuck them at the plus line um, and to get yourself a little bit of insurance. I've gone Geelong, pick your own line, plus 20 and a half. Melbourne, plus 25 and a half. West Coast plus 21 and a half. And the only one I've done a little bit different with is I've gone Port Adelaide minus 15 and a half. As I said, that line of 30 and a half was way too big. That gives me odds of $2.24, um, the original price of $2.17. I've put a power play on that one and also put 25 to a nice little dub up, Pez, and uh, that'll make it three weeks in a row that the source bet is uh, up and about. <laughs> well, there we go. We've got uh, around eight bet sleep finalised, done and dusted. Make sure you follow at Behind the Bound on Twitter, exclusive on Twitter. So if you're not following along there to see the bet slip and follow it along with the round, make sure you do that. Yeah, make sure you leave a comment, five-star review. That's how you, uh, the people can um, know that we are a good podcast, even <laughs> though I can't get through that sentence properly. Um, and they can find us a lot easier on all the good podcast providers. Pez, as we do every week, we finish up with our coin toss. It was a toss of the coin. That fight wins the toss. Yes, it's been an unusual uh, year for coin tosses. All right, Pez, a reminder of the rules for our fans <laughs> and you, because last yeah. week you broke the rules. It is really simple. Just like a coin, there is two sides to every coin. There is two possible answers. I only need one from you, Pez. Short and sweet. What about the four-sided All coin? All I needed from you <laughs> is the line. So don't confuse listeners here. I'll start things off. Richmond versus Geelong. The home team pairs in all of these is where the line is going to be the minus. Richmond versus Geelong, minus eight and a half. So Richmond minus eight and a half. I'm going to go uh, with the Tigers because that's uh, 
matches with my bet. Head-to-head in the first one, Pez, I like it. Plus eight and a half Geelong for me. Next one, we've got Gold Coast and St Kilda. Gold Coast minus two and a half favourites. I get the Saints plus. Uh, I like the Saints in that one as well. GWS versus Essendon. The Giants are favourites, a minus 18 and a half. I don't love it, but I'm going to stick with the Giants because Essendon are a poor footy side. Get that paint ready, Pez. I'm all over the Giants. North Melbourne versus Collingwood, the Battle of the Stripes, plus 22 and a half, Pez. You were tempted in our bet slip. You're going north, aren't you? No, nah, go, go Pies. I'm going to go uh, <laughs> North Melbourne in that one. No, I like the confidence that you sort of displayed. Melbourne versus Sydney. Uh, the line is minus 22.5 in favour of the Demons. Oh, you got to go plus 22.5 at the Swans. I totally agree, Piers. Plus 22.5 is a great little bet. Port Adelaide versus Adelaide in the Derby. Minus 30.5, as we've mentioned a th- three or four times. Adelaide showed the true colours. Uh, Port Adelaide at the line. Because they know you've got to actually make a call. And 30.5. Uh, uh, yeah, all right. 30.5. I'll go with Port Adelaide as well. Hawthorne versus West Coast. We well, both are going the minus 12.5 in this one, Pez, because that's where our bet slip is. Though, it is minus 12.5 because we are using sports bet for this. Yep, sports bet just before we record. We always get the uh, the lines. So, whatever they are, even if our bets are different, that's what it is. Yeah, we use sports bet because it is the biggest market and it is the most up to date uh, fluctuation in the lines. West Coast, sorry, Western Bulldogs versus Carlton. The line is minus 23.5 in favour of the Bulldogs. Uh, dogs I'm going to go Blues in that one Pez I think they can uh, Make it interesting Against those pretenders The Bulldogs Brisbane versus Mel- uh, Fremantle As we spoke This one The line shifted Pez You can't have your 15 and a half You can't have your 12 and a half It is 13 and a half But I want my 12 and a half <laughs> No um, If Brisbane touched up uh, Port Adelaide By 50 points up there I think they can do that To Fremantle Tend to agree with you Pez So I'm with Brisbane as well Um just before we finish the, the coin toss sauce, I've just got uh, one for you. Um, fried eggs or scrambled eggs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, poached. Yeah, are you going to say Where's something stupid like that? Where's my three-sided three 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 dice? Um, just uh, for the listeners to have an update, uh, round seven, <laughs> I had uh, five, five right out of nine in the line sauce and you had four. So where we differed, I got Richmond, uh, you lost on the dogs. Uh, you got GWS, I lost on Adelaide, and I got North, and you lost on Melbourne. Yeah. So I got five, got, you got, got my four. Face there, didn't I? Yep, I'm going, <laughs> to, I'm going to 32 for the season. You're on 30, so two behind this week. And how many do we have different We have a here? few different this week, Pez, I think. Uh, Looks like we've got three different this week. Yeah, that's perfect for the source comeback and the source <laughs> to take the lead. That sounds good. We'll see if that happens. You don't have a little coin toss for me? Or with the, uh, the scram- pants or shorts? Like, what a ridiculous one that you've What's put. the weather? <laughs> Get off with it, we'll Pez. take this serious. I've been Pez. Peace out. I'm still sauce. We'll catch up next time, guys.